This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Brewers baseball here at the winter meetings. Tim McMaster along with Adam McAlvey and Adam uh, Hall of Fame vote comes out Sunday night, and Bud Selig, obviously 22-year commissioner of baseball, is headed to the Hall of Fame. But before he was the commissioner, he was the owner of the Milwaukee Brewers. And maybe more importantly, he brought the Brewers to Milwaukee. I I know baseball thinks of him as a great commissioner. What does the city of Milwaukee think of Bud Selig? Yeah, he is known there as the man who brought baseball back. The Milwaukee Braves, they were the first National League team to draw two million. They had a great following with those really good teams in the late 50s, but then left in 1965. Bud Selig was a minority owner of the team then, and he was just devastated along with a lot of the rest of the city and spent the the next five years trying to bring a team back. And it's been interesting over the years talking to him. They had failure after failure after failure came close many times to the point where they were announcing expansion teams and it was Montreal, you know, and his heart just sinks down. Uh, They eventually were able to get the Seattle Pilots, and because of that, there's baseball in Milwaukee. So I think he is... He is known, you know, in Wisconsin as the, the guy who, who got baseball there and then kept it there with the construction of Miller Park. And being a small market, uh, as far as the Brewers go, I think that kind of helped lead into to some of his philosophy as commissioner because he never forgot about those small market teams when he was in charge of the league. Yeah, and I, you know, it also is just even more broadly than that. There's a love of the game there. It was his mother who first took him to baseball games at a stadium called Borchert Field that's now demolished, um, and. and it, I, you know, whether you agree or disagree with the decisions he made, I think behind it was always a love of baseball, and, and that is the the one constant in his life. It was, you know, he, he's uh, he's a man of routine. I was talking to his wife Sue today about what yesterday was like before this announcement, and he went over to Gilly's Frozen Custard, a place in Milwaukee. Gets a hot dog and Diet Coke almost every day. He still does that almost every day. Came home, watched the Packers on TV, and sort of sat around waiting for the call. So it was tense for him he was nervous about this uh but now it's official that he's going into the hall he joined us here and he said when he answered the call they said he was one of the most excited people answering the phone they had ever heard which is great from a guy who's 80 years old now uh, yeah. former commissioner uh let's talk about this brewers team now uh one big signing already eric thames um which is a name that i think when when he gets signed a lot of people go Who's that? Sure. Why is he getting a three-year deal? And then you see the numbers. This guy put up video game numbers in Korea, which I think a few years ago you would have thought, oh, it's Korea. But we've seen the last couple of years guys like Jung Ho Gong and, and other guys that hit in Korea and hit in the major leagues kind of gives more credence to what he did. Well, but and Gong said the challenge was velocity. Yeah. You know, in, in we talked with Eric Thames about this a little bit. In South Korea, it's 89-90, but a lot of breaking balls, a lot of pitchability with the guys. He thinks that he's a better hitter today than he was when he last saw action in the major leagues, 2012. It's been a while for him. 
Um, but he is going to have to adjust now to everybody coming out of the pen throwing 97 miles an hour. And that's going to be an adjustment. And, and look, this is a risky move. This is not a, a slam dunk move. And they're parting with a first baseman and Chris Carter who just led the league in homers. So it's a very interesting gamble that they're making. But the best way I can describe it is it comes down to this. Chris Carter had two years of arbitration eligibility left. Probably was going to cost about $25 million for those two years. If the Brewers are right about Eric Thames and he, they exercise this option and he hits all these incentives for plate appearances, it's going to be about a little less than $25 million for four years, yeah. which means when you're talking about a team in a rebuild, sort of eyeing the other side of it at this point, he has a chance to be there on the other side of the rebuild if they're right about this scouting assessment. And again, it's no sure thing, but it is a, a very interesting move in an exercise in sort of creative scouting. You mentioned Chris Carter and how many how many guys who hit 40 home runs have been non-tendered. It seems None. crazy, not right. Yeah. He's he's the first. Were you surprised or did you kind of see it coming? Well, I I kind of saw it coming only because of conversations that you've had and again this idea of you know this is a team that is thinking sort of in a a, a longer chunk of years, right. a rebuilding club. So Chris Carter was had a great year for him. Uh, it's a tough pill to swallow for him. That that call was not easy. And David Stearns and Chris Carter did have a conversation. Chris Carter's got to feel betrayed, sort of. Yeah. You know, you have a, you have a great year. You do exactly what you're supposed to do, and you get cut loose. Um, so so it is tough. It is a little unprecedented. But again, this is a club that's trying to think a little longer term. And was Chris Carter going to be on the back end of this rebuild? The answer was probably not, and, and that's why they decided to make a different move. A guy that could be on the back end of this rebuild is obviously Ryan Braun, who still has a lot of years left in a big contract with the Brewers. Um, we've heard trade rumors before. You hear them again. Is there anything to that? How blown away would the Brewers have to be to think about trading a Ryan Braun? Well, I, I mean, I, it becomes more realistic with each passing day. Right. He is going to be 33 years old. He's coming off a full, healthy season, proved he came off back surgery and could still produce. Top 10 OPS in the National League. Signed for four years at about $19 million per, which is almost under market. Reasonable, so, yeah. You know, Jonas Cespedes getting 27 and a half. Yeah. I'll take Ryan Braun if he's healthy. So those are all reasons on one hand for the Brewers to keep him and sort of anchor this rebuild, but they're also reasons to trade him because can, it's hard to make the argument that his value is going to go up from where it is right now. And that's the question they face. If they're, they, They've made already a number of rebuilding type moves. Last year at the winter meetings, for example, they traded Adam Lind for three teenage pitching prospects. They've got this long view. And you know this is their last really big chip to trade I think there's a really strong argument to be made to strike while the iron is hot, strike while his value is high. The problem right now is Andrew McCutcheon is out there too. Right. And you're talking about a guy that's two years shy of 30 million. That makes probably you know cuts down the Brewers' options a little bit for a guy like Braun, who's a bigger commitment and, and more risk. So maybe a wait for, for McCutcheon to go and, and see how it plays out from there. One of the big chips they have already traded, Jonathan Lucroy, who it seemed like for three, four years was in rumors. Finally at the deadline, they traded him to, to the Rangers. Uh, they get prospects back there, but it opens up a hole at catcher, one of their needs here this week and going forward this winter. Yeah, you know, the Brewers' needs are interesting. It, they have a team they could put on the field right now. Right. And they've already added a ton of prospects. It would be about seeing what some of the younger guys, say like a Johnny VR, who broke through last year, what, what can he do in, in the second year in Milwaukee? 
But they also have options to make some deals. Catcher is one area where they could upgrade. They have Martin Maldonado, who's been a longtime backup, really good defensive catcher. They probably could find an upgrade offensively at that position. I think third base is kind of an opening for them right now. But they have guys who could play there. VR could play there. But there's some thought. Maybe he's a better as a second baseman. Now you, you're open at third. Maybe get another lefty bat, which is something they're looking for. You know, so, I, you know, in left field, obviously, it would be a question if you trade Ryan Braun. So they have, on one hand, they have needs at these winter meetings. On the other hand, they don't have holes. So I think David Stearns is in kind of an interesting place that he can shop around his options and he could have a very busy week where he makes a number of transactions or it could be totally quiet. And I think both are equally likely this year. You talk about the youth movement and you start to see these guys and I think any expert that you talk to that knows minor league systems puts the Brewers near the top of the list as far as not just top end talent but depth. I think it's an overall solid organization. We saw the number one prospect come up in RCA last year yep. and instantly show that he was – he was ready to play at the major league level. Who's kind of the next guy in that, that train to the major leagues? Well, it, it's hard to look past Lewis Brinson. He's yeah. an outfielder that they got in the Lucre deal from yep. Texas. Um, he, he's right on the cusp. He finished the year at AAA, so he's, an, you know, he's on the 40-man roster now as of last month. So he's right there, and if a Ryan Braun trade happens, for example, if there's an injury next season, you could see Brinson in the major leagues. So I think he's the guy who's... You know, he's the number one prospect, but he's also, like, right up there at the top level. Um, and, and Arcia is another guy. He's graduated from that list, but, I mean, he's got to prove he can hit in the big yeah. leagues. Uh, he can field for sure. There's no question about that. But I think this coming season is going to be a really interesting one for him to see if he can take that offensive step forward. You think back to before the last time this team kind of built themselves into a division winner when Braun was young and, and Fielder was young and, and Lucro, all those guys that were a part of that team were young. Are there comparisons you can draw between this minor league system right now and where this team was back before that team went and, and went into the postseason? That's an interesting question. I think – generally they're deeper now yeah. i think they have a longer list of good players that they think are going to play in the major leagues but when you think back to the the mid early mid 2000 brewers teams the jack Lorenzic scouting teams you know it was prince fielder it was ricky week second overall in the draft there was some extreme high-end prospects in that it's a little different now. I think there's maybe more depth and not as – I don't know if there's a Prince Fielder in that group right now. So we'll see. It's, it's, I think that David Stern's philosophy has been quantity. Right. Uh, they've just gathered as many good young players as they can. They don't really care what position they play. They're not thinking of holes in the organization. Um, and, you know, are there Prince Fielders in there? Are there Addison Russells, Javi Baez's? I, I don't know that. That time will tell. But I think you have to agree they have a lot of volume. They have a lot of they have a lot of players with a chance. Great stuff. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Brewers Winter Meetings Edition. For Adam McCalvey, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 